Before she left, however, there was something that she wanted to see. Just after supper, by accident, she'd happened to peek into a large hall that she realized was a gallery. Now she was determined to get a better look. As an artist, she knew how rare such things were in the Highlands. Works of art were not always highly valued, and with good reason. Life here was hard, and the clan's prized possessions, other than gold, were limited to weaponry, household goods, and livestock. But this wasn't just any clan. This was Clan Sinclair. In a land of fearsome warriors, the Sinclairs held a place of distinction. Kings of their own domains during the Crusades, they'd returned home to fight alongside Robert the Bruce. And when the great king died, no one but a Sinclair was trusted to carry his heart to the Holy Land. For centuries, a Sinclair had served as the strong right hand of every king of Scotland. And these warriors apparently had another side to them. They had artwork that, in Innes's view, was priceless. She stayed to the shadows, skirting the revellers who were singing and carousing in the castle's outer ward, and hurried to the new North Tower. The gallery was located close to the laird's reception room and the great hall, where a handful of servants still worked after dinner. No one paid any attention to her when she slipped in, lit a taper, and went out. As she entered the gallery, the mere sight of this treasure trove made her sigh with pleasure. Along with a number of smaller works, four great tapestries covered the walls. Each of them ran from floor to timbered ceiling, and they were exquisite. Italian, she decided, for the figures were incredibly lifelike. Each of them depicted religious events. One showed Christ with his disciples in two boats. The nets of Peter and the other fishermen bulged with their catch. In the flickering light of her taper, she could even make out the delicate golden halos surrounding the men's heads. The Galilean sea was so real-looking she thought she could wash her hands in the water. Innes pulled off one of her gloves and held the light high as she moved from one piece to the next. She had saved the best of the treasures for last. Two paintings hung above the stone mantle of a great fireplace at one end of the gallery. She gazed at the work, awestruck. Portraits. Two solemn boys stood together, an arched window behind them with Castle Gernigo and the sea in the distance. There was no question in her mind that the boys were Connell and Bryce Sinclair. In helping to negotiate Eileen's marriage, she'd learned a great deal about this family. Only two years separated the brothers. Connell was the Earl of Cathness, and had served as laird until the Battle of Solway Moss. Overmatched by English cannon, many Scots had died there. Connell's people thought he was killed, and Bryce became laird. And when Connell returned, he refused to take the position back from his brother. A rumour circulated that the Earl had gone mad in the English dungeons. Innes didn't believe it. Rumours were nothing more than blunted swords of simple minds and wagging tongues. Innes turned her gaze to the second painting. Connell Sinclair alone decked out in court regalia. She'd seen Bryce often enough, and looking at this depiction, she saw similarities in Connell's features. But there were differences too. Connell was darker and more handsome. The shape of the jaw, the intensity in the eyes, the broad, powerful shoulders, the muscled legs. She wondered for a moment if the artist had been tasked with portraying the Earl of Cathness as larger than life or if indeed the flesh-and-blood man had the same ability to make a woman's heart flutter.
even in the breast of a 27-year-old spinster. Innes Monroe, the bride's older sister, dutiful daughter and trusted advisor to Hector, Baron Fowley. As he was leaving Bryce's receiving room, Connell saw the woman glide silently into the gallery. As much as he wanted to go, to get away from this place, curiosity won out. He had to see what interested her. He entered the gallery through a door hidden in the carved wood panels behind one of the smaller tapestries. Protected now in the shadows of the cloth, Connell watched her move toward him, stopping in front of the great fireplace. The family portraits. She stood not a dozen paces from him. Connell studied the woman. Smart, observant, shrewd in negotiations, albeit somewhat abrupt. This was how his brother had spoken of her. Twin Eileen's hand in marriage. Bryce had needed.